Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This episode of the Bear Stock Underground is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats, so go check them out online or in social. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in sports drink. Spelled like sports drink, but without the vowels. So S-P-R-T-S-D-R-N-K. All we ask is that you close the door behind you. We're trying not to let out the funk. What's up, guys? Needed some time to decompress and step away from the abomination that was this uh this game the frustration of of watching uh what the bears put onto the field uh today and and the realization that um we're in for a long year um this this team is it's young it's it's growing together uh it's learning together and and maybe we'll start seeing some progress as we get into you know, like late October, November, December, you know, as the season starts to wrap up. And again, I don't know that it will translate into wins, but hopefully we will start seeing some progress and these games will will start getting easier to watch because this one had a feeling it was going to be rough going in with the the injuries and things uh, on both sides uh, of the ball. And uh, one team showed up, the other one didn't. Uh, one team knew where the off where the end zone was. The other one didn't, and uh, the end result was uh, the Bears losing their second straight on the road to start the year. So, so let's go ahead and get this over with. <laughs> uh, this is the week before review episode of the Bears Talk Underground. So let's get to it. With the week that I've had, I really could have used the Bears win uh, today. Uh, I've been suffering from an infection the last three days, uh, which is why you got the abbreviated version of the NFL uh, preview. Um, The infection took hold between like Thursday night going into Friday. And uh, I won't get into the details of, of what that was like. It just, it was not fun. Um, Saturday, I spent the, most of the day recovering and then discovered a, um, a rash on my leg, which had me in the emergency room, uh, at, you know, most of Sunday morning, I got home from the emergency room with about an hour and a half before kickoff. So no time for a nap, barely enough time to get some, uh, food ordered so that I could at least eat before the game started. And then the whole time watching this shit show of a football game fighting off the desire to just go lay down 
which is what I wanted to do more than anything. So uh, I made it through the game. You will hear the effect in my tone in the uh, knee-jerk reactions. Um, I am fine. Uh, it was nothing serious, just an infection. Got a nice uh, couple of rounds of antibiotics. The doctor sent me home with some, uh, and they said this should clear up in the next day or two. So I'm on the mend, feeling much better than I have in a while. Uh, you know, considering I had my niece's cold last week and then this past week, uh, the remnants of the cold that phased into this infection I've been suffering from since Thursday. So, um, yeah, I, I feel like myself again for the first time in about two weeks. So for those of you who have been giving the well wishes, I greatly appreciate it, uh, but I'm good. And um, aside from still suffering a little bit of a cough, <coughs> excuse me, from the, uh, from the cold, uh, I'm as right as rain finally. So, um, it's, it's amazing how, uh, that like those antibiotics clearing me up a little bit, uh, really changed how I felt that and the six hour nap I had after the game. So, uh, yeah, Sunday night game is about wrapping up the, the chiefs are putting it to the to the Buccaneers uh, right now. Glad I got that one right. And um, we're going to go ahead and get this one over with and uh, move on to the next one. It's like, I know it's probably not going not gonna to get much prettier, especially with a far more talented team in the Vikings uh, next week. But at least it's a division game. You got some familiarity there, you know, something. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, the one bright spot is we get Chris Gates on the show this week to preview the game, and he and I always love to talk about how wild this rivalry is and how crazy stuff just happens when the Bears and the Vikings get together. So anyway, without further ado, let's go ahead and step into this uh, first quarter knee-jerk reaction. I'm noticing a problem right off the bat that, uh, you know, the, the Bears are settling for field goals. Uh, we're not going for, we're not, we're not being aggressive uh, in any, in stuff like that as far as like, you know, it's, we had a, we were inside the five yard line. It's fourth and three from fourth and goal from the three, and we didn't go for it when it was you know nothing nothing. I think actually maybe that was the second one, but either way, you know we were still ahead, and we could have easily just gone for it. Maybe pin the Giants back and you know maybe play the field position game. You know for better or for worse, but to to not try at all, I think is. Um, it's 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 an ugly look. It's a bad look. So, but first quarter knee jerk reaction. I'm already sensing something is not right. <laughs> knee jerk reaction. First quarter. Bears. Giants. A little bit of a back and forth battle going on uh, right now. Um, score seven six. The Giants are ahead. Um, thing that's worrisome for me with the Bears um, thus far. We've come out. And it seems like the, the training wheels are off. At least we're trying to throw the ball a bit more. Uh, Justin Fields with two nice connections with uh, Darnell Mooney uh, thus far. One for 50-plus yards on the last drive. And, you know, Khalil Herbert is getting his tiny chunks. The Giants obviously are prepared to try and stop him today. Um, but I'm, I think with, with Herbert, it's more volume will take care of that than the Giants being able to shut him down all day. He did also have a very nice run on the last drive that got us inside the five-yard uh, line. Um, 
But the worrisome thing is that we've settled for field goals on our two drives thus far. We've got it deep into the red zone and get turned away uh, on, on third down and have to settle for field goals from our new kicker, Michael Badgley. So we'll, uh, hopefully we'll be able to finish the drives going forward because after going three and out for the Giants on their first drive, they've just been full steam ahead. They finished off a drive uh, on a 21-yard Daniel Jones scramble uh, on the last drive and the, this current drive that they're on now that they finished the first quarter and will start the second quarter with. They're moving the ball at will. It's like Barkley is, is kind of having his way. The O-line is dominating our front four, uh, you know, and Jones is making the most of guys for some reason not having their eyes in the backfield watching him and instead dropping back in coverage like the Giants have anybody worth worrying about in the passing game. So that's been frustrating to see uh, on defense. But 7-6, still early. Uh, you know, like I said, they haven't stopped our offense yet. We've got two scoring drives on two drives total so far. So we just need to start putting some of those in the end zone and we'll be on to something. So, you know, that was the frustrating part early on in the first quarter. It got worse in the second quarter, actually. But, you know, not so much that we were biting hard on the fake. I mean, I get it. We got to stop Saquon. We, we can't allow him to just go buck wild. Uh, on us and everything, but for basically to everybody, for everyone to surrender to it. And then for the few stragglers that are on the play side where, where Jones is going to just turn around and start running away from Jones to go with the wide receivers uh, or the tight ends more, more, more times than not uh, was mind numbing. You know, there, we weren't even employing the strategy that was, working against us on, on, the, on the other side of the ball, which was, you know, what the Texans did last week was they just had somebody come straight up the field. Regardless of what the play fake is, Justin Fields is your responsibility. We got 10 other guys to worry about the other 10 guys. So you just worry about Justin Fields. You keep going upfield no matter what because the second you fall, even if you fall minutely for the fake, He's going to be able to get around you and have a clear path to throw the football. The Giants, the Texans did it last week. The Giants employed that strategy again this week, and we ignored it for Daniel Jones this week for the most part. We started catching on in the second half, and they weren't really, they never did it again in the second half, at least not to the degree that they did in the first half. In the first half, it was like stealing money. They were just, just, it was, it was ridiculous how easy it was. Uh, for Jones to just get around, and there's nobody there. Both of the touchdowns, uh, the one that he scored in the first quarter and the one he scored in the second one, he could have moonwalked his way into the end zone for all the trouble he would have had getting into uh, the end zone. It was pathetic, actually. And it it was like watching somebody play defense for the first time uh, and, and, and everything. It was embarrassing is what it was, especially since we're being coached by a defensive-minded coach, and yet... The defense is out to lunch on one of the more basic concepts in football, the play-action fake. So it was it was frustrating to watch. On the flip side, it was fun to watch the offense open up the passing game a little bit. Those two passes for Justin Fields, he had 70-something yards just connecting with Mooney on those two plays, uh, the bigger one being the 56-yarder to open the second drive. And uh, I think I talked about in the preview – 
That's the play I wanted to see to be play one on the first drive to kind of let the Giants know. It's like, yeah, I know you watched the film, and I know we struggle in the passing game, but here's what today's going to look like if you're not careful. You know, keep uh, keep biting on that uh, play action fake. You know, keep biting on the on the run fake to uh, to Herbert, and we're going to pick you apart all day. That should have been play one, drive one, uh, in my opinion. Instead, it was play one for the second drive, and you know, both resulted in uh, field goals. You know, we we settled for field goals. We got shut down inside the red zone, and we we let the new kicker uh, do his job. I guess I don't know, but. Um, the, the, the first quarter was, um, like I said, a back and forth. But it's like we scored twice. They only scored once, and we were still losing at the end of one. As you hear in the second quarter knee-jerk reaction, that pattern held once again, only now the deficit was larger. <coughs> knee-jerk reaction, second quarter, Bears and Giants. And the, uh, the back and forth kind of continues, but... Uh, the Giants are definitely up on the cards on this one. I mean, it is embarrassing watching our defense most of the time. You know, you'd think that these guys have never heard of a play-action fake because we've fallen for practically every single one, except for maybe one drive. Every time the Giants have done a play fake, Daniel Jones is running free. He has... The Giants' two touchdowns in this game, the one scored in the first quarter and the one they scored here uh, in the second. I mean, it's just one after another, you know? It's like I envision those guys on defense be like, hey, no fair, that's cheating. You were going that way, and, and then you're going that's way. That's no fair. That's just how ridiculous it looks, you know? And then on offense, you know, Khalil Herbert's still struggling to, to, to get his groove uh, going, the Giants are are you know playing very well against the run uh, in this one. The person they can't stop is Justin Fields, but uh, you know they can stop Fields when it comes time to pass. Uh, is because the, you know they're in the backfield as soon as the ball is snapped. Somebody's coming free. Wink Martindale's just sending the house, and we haven't found a way to adjust to this to get to a hot route or, or anything. Like that, it's just one free man after another. And Justin Fields is, is you know, our leading rusher right now because he's running for his life. Not because we've designed the plays that way, but because they've turned out that way and Justin Fields is making the best of a bad situation. So the good news is it's 14-9. to 9. Our new kicker put another one through uh, the uprights where we once again had to settle for a field goal, whereas when the Giants have scored, they've put it into the end zone. So they've actually scored fewer times than we have, but they're ahead uh, in the ballgame. Like, what I'd like to see in the second half uh, is better protection for our quarterback. Uh, I would like to see us pull our head out of our asses on defense and not fall for every play fake in the second half. And... I don't know, why did we activate Valus Jones if we're not going to put him on offense? I mean, aside from him standing there in the you know punt game watching it sail over his head, he hasn't done a damn thing out there. So somebody help me out with this. <laughs> Talk about something else that uh, you know really irritated me was the you know, we, we've waited all this time to have Valus Jones on the field. We've been told over and over that he's, you know, special teams player of the year in the SEC. 
last year that, you know, all, all the great thing we've seen the clips in training camp of him, you know, going deep on people, having this great connection with, with uh, Justin Fields uh, and, and everything that, you know, even showing us on the field, uh, like I saw things on Twitter today uh, of him, you know, catching passes and warmups uh, from Justin Fields, like a wide receiver would do. Uh, and instead, the only time we ever saw him was for kick returns and punt returns. And most of the time he was fair catching or watching the ball go over his head. He wasn't actually doing returns. I don't think he maybe returned maybe three or four kicks the whole game. And it's like, what was the point of bringing him back if we weren't going to fully integrate him with, with, with all the help that we need on offense, with all the help that we need opening up the passing game? We're not going to have what we're being led to believe is like the fastest person on the team. We're not going to put him in on offense. I didn't think, I don't think I saw him take one offensive snap today. Not one. What was the point of that? So, I mean, I, I just, uh, that's what was frustrating when this is where this, this feels like naggy and pace all over again is like where you're sitting there saying, please make this make sense to me because we're waiting for this guy to come back. He's healthy and he's or healthy enough to play. So why not let him play? Like I know that the, the the Bears they're playing the long game right now, but the, you know that does that have to ruin my Sundays? So that you know this guy can kind of play but not play, and maybe you integrate him into the offense a week or two from now or some shit like that. Please don't do this to me, you know. We've been waiting for him to go out there and play. Uh, the odds on him making a big play <laughs> on special teams, not good to begin with. And, you know, he was, uh, you know, given a lot of balls that, uh, that you know, were fair catches or that he just let go out of bounds to, uh, to be touchbacks. So, you know, was like, I, I don't think I've ever missed Cordell Patterson more than I have, uh, than I did today. Because he doesn't give a damn. Three, four yards deep in the end zone. Patterson's bringing it out, you know. Get ready to block because he's coming. So I, I don't know. But, um, and then, of course, you know, you heard me say, that, you know, that where I was the, the, like how embarrassing it was watching the defense with the, the play fakes like, they, like they've never seen it before. It was a concept they, they could not grasp, at least not in the first half. And it's what was even more aggravating is that as the game went along, it kept happening. It kept happening. This is the NFL. They have the tablets. I mean, this is instant shit you can look at on the sidelines. Like the second you come off the field, you can look at what you did wrong to try to improvement. So do I try to improve it? So where were the adjustments during the game? I mean, the Bears offense wasn't stellar, but the it wasn't a constant barrage of three and outs. There was some time on the sidelines to go over this stuff and be like, hey, you two, right there. Keep your eyes in the backfield. Keep your eyes on Jones, you know, whatever, to prevent him from just running free over and over and over again. I mean, it was maddening to watch. Absolutely maddening to watch. And like I said, we've outscored them as far as scoring opportunities. We were three for three. But... We had three field goals, which is only equal to nine points. They had two scoring opportunities. They scored twice, and they were up 14 to nine. It's like this, this is the kind of stuff that's going to kill the Bears. 
I mean, we 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 went through we played this episode uh last year watching Nagy, you know, settle for field goals over and over again, no aggression, no imagination or whatever to try to get some plays uh going. It was embarrassing. And and it's feels like it's happening all over again. So, yeah, that's the uh frustrating part, but into the second half, another promising start on the opening drive, but again, we settle for field goals. And, uh, you know, we, we can't uh, protect Justin Fields. I mean, we were better in the second half at, at mostly everything because Fields was sacked five times in the first half, six for the game. So he was, for the most part, unmolested in the second, in the second half well, as far as being sacked. He was at somebody in his face all the time, but they weren't getting to him as frequently as they did in the first half. Um. The Daniel Jones running wild on us, we nipped that in the bud. Still couldn't curb Saquon Barkley, but I think we knew that going in. That was not going to be easy. Our run difference, our run defense is horrendous. But, you know, that being said, going into the fourth quarter, there was still a chance. That, you know, this was the, the Giants allowing us to hang around. Uh, I believe it was f- either 14 to 12 or 17 to 12. Uh, at the end of the at the end of the third quarter, going into the fourth, so as bad as it looked, we still had a chance. Knee jerk reaction: third quarter, Bears and Giants, and once again, we we are moving the ball effectively, but we just cannot finish. We cannot finish. We settle for another field goal, the fourth from our brand new kicker uh, Badgley today. Uh, the Giants add a field goal of their own, but the defense has made the proper adjustments. They have, uh, they're, they're not uh, being constantly caught with their pants down in the uh, play-action game where, you know, Daniel Jones had like 70 yards rushing at halftime and two touchdowns because every time he played fake to Barkley, nine of the 11 followed that pile and uh, the other two guys weren't paying attention. You know, literally we're not looking in the backfield. Daniel Jones is running wild uh, for a touchdown. But the Giants were able to get the ball into field goal range and put a put a field goal of their own on the board. So it's 17-12 to 12 as we go into the fourth quarter here. And like I said, my main frustration is with, is with the offense's inability to finish. You know, we got Justin Fields sacked five times in the first half. He's been under pressure plenty here uh, in the third quarter. Uh, you know, every time he tries to roll out, there's somebody right there uh, in his face. It's like maybe we need to do better play fakes or something like that because, like I said, last week I feel like Lovey showed everyone the, the blueprint on how to slow it down when Fields boots, it was like, just keep coming. Just keep coming. We'll figure it out on the back end how we're going to, uh, you know, cover or whatever. But just keep coming because you'll be there in his face. Don't fall for the play fake. Just keep coming to get the fields. Boom. Done. That's your responsibility. Seems like the Giants have been doing the same thing because Justin Fields can't seem to turn the corner to find a clear path to throw the football. So he's made some good decisions. Some weird decisions, some bad decisions. He's kind of been all over the place with his decision-making. And aside from the fumble that he had in the uh, second quarter, I believe. Yeah, the second quarter. 
he hasn't made any mistakes with the balls. So thank God for small favors. But here we go into the fourth quarter. Giants have the ball. We're down 17 to 12. And uh, we got Dan- Daniel Jones out of the game, at least for a little while. Tyrod Taylor is in uh, at the moment for quarterback. So let's see how this goes. <laughs> Spoiler alert, about the same. Um, I mean, there's a reason that uh, Jones is the starter and, and Tyrod is the uh, perennial backup who's been floating around the league for the last decade or so. But, um, you know, otherwise, it's uh, things pretty much went the same. I'll tell you, there were two plays in this game. Uh, I mean, as if there weren't enough going on, that was making me nuts. But there were two plays in particular on the defensive side where I was just, you know, beside myself with with uh, frustration. Uh, the first one, I believe, was in the second or third quarter. And it was a um, a play the Bears had nailed. Dead to rights. We got them. Uh, I think it may have been like a screen play. Uh, or something like that. Nicholas Morrow comes flying in. He's got Barkley at least five to seven yards behind the line of scrimmage. But Barkley's got those big, powerful legs, so he's got that low center of gravity. And um, Morrow comes flying in, can't wrap him up. He gets Barkley turned around, who then does a you know a 180, because he started off going right, and then now he's going off to the left, and... Next thing you know, he's he turned that 40-yard run into a 16, you know, like all the yardage that he ran for a 16-yard gain. It was, you know, it's, and I think and, and I think it was even more frustrating. It might even have been third down uh, as well. And um, one second, we're getting off the field and forcing a punt. And the next second, we're moving the chains and, and uh, extending the drive. Then in the fourth quarter, it happened again. This time, it was a one-on-one with Roquan and Tyrod Taylor where Roquan had him. I think it was like third and three or something to that effect. But Roquan had him dead to rights in the backfield. Tyrod puts a spin move on him. Roquan's hugging air. Tyrod's running for a first down. Like these things cannot happen. We cannot let these opportunities get away from us because simply put, we're not good enough. We're not good enough to let these moments get away from us. That's just, them's the facts, Jack, at the, with, with, the, with where this team is right now. We cannot afford to let these opportunities get away. Uh, you know, and, and what was really frustrated, what, what's, you know, I've been saying that a lot this episode, I apologize, but... Uh, I was uh, listening to the Hogan Johns uh, podcast and uh, with them reviewing the game. And uh, I think it was Hogue that said, it's interesting that the Bears were playing not to lose while they were losing. Like the whole thing with, with not going forward on fourth and goal from the three. Uh, the third and two call at the end of the, uh, game where we just had Herbert run into a concrete wall of humanity instead of trying to do something to get a first down to extend the drive. Instead, we run a safe play. We don't get the yardage and we end up punting them or uh, punting to them. And that all worked out until the Giants came roaring back the other way. Well, actually, that wasn't the one where they roared back the other way. That was the one where 
uh, it, it all worked out. Like we, we didn't get the yardage, so we punted. We pinned him deep, just like Eberflus wanted. We got him to go three and out. They don't even think they cracked the five-yard line, just like Eberflus wanted. We got them p- punting from deep in their own end zone to give us good field position, just like Eberflus wanted. And then Valus Jones happened. So, But that whole series, that's not playing to win. That's playing not to lose. You're not taking a risk. And it's uh, – Lovey did that a lot. Lovey played not to lose. And more times than not, when, when he did, we lost. And I, I just I, – I personally, I don't understand the concept of playing not to lose. Not in football. Okay? I, I just don't get it. You know, I, I – <laughs> I get you can go into a play not to lose mode, but to have a play not to lose attitude throughout the entire football game, you know, for me, playing not to lose is when you're up 28-10 in the fourth quarter and you run the ball to drain the clock and get the hell out of there. That's playing not to lose. Or maybe even just call it playing safe. But, you know, that, that's... Uh, we weren't in that position. We were behind. After three to nothing, they scored their touchdown. We were playing from behind the rest of the game. So I don't know how you can play not to lose when you're not winning. That doesn't make any sense to me. But, um, you know, already kind of giving you an idea of how the fourth quarter went. But uh, there's something a little bit different about this uh, knee-jerk reaction and and when it's actually taking place. (laughs) Knee-jerk reaction, fourth quarter, Bears and Giants. There's two minutes and one second to go in the ball game, but Valus Jones, who we've been waiting to see all season, number one, didn't play a goddamn snap on offense, and number two, just muffed the punt that we needed in order to go on a drive to try to tie the football game. Um, so here the Giants are, you know, going to sit on the ball, run out the clock because we got one timeout left. They get a first down. This thing is over, and so I'm calling it over now. The Bears are going to lose. It's twenty-one or twenty to twelve. They're going to run out because I think I think Saquon just got a first down on the first run there. We're at the two-minute warning now, so yeah, we're done. Uh, the offense could not get the ball in the end zone. We kept settling for field goals. Eberflus took a calculated risk uh, on our last drive. Decided to punt the ball and pin the Giants back. The defense held true, did not give up any ground just for like maybe a yard or two on, on a quick three and out, and Jones blows the game by muffing the punt. He just let it go right through his hands, uh, and the Giants were there to recover. So we're done. I've had a day. I don't even want to get into it. I'm going to go lay down. I'm exhausted, and I'm sick of this shit. So there you have it. Um <laughs> I, I did the knee-jerk reaction at the two-minute warning because I knew the game was over. Uh, and even though the last few minutes were were interesting, when Saquon got the first down on the first run, because it's – I know the Bears didn't plan it that way. They did not plan on Valus Jones muffing the punt. But even in that situation, we were okay in a, in a way because there's 201 left in the game. So essentially we have two timeouts. We have the two-minute warning and the one that we had left. So conceivably, we could still get the ball back with about a, a minute and so a minute and change to go in the ballgame. 
Uh, and instead, we uh, and it's still it was was it still seventeen to twelve at that point? No, it was still it was twenty to twelve because he actually he shanked the the last field goal, which was what made it interesting at the end was that despite it all, if we can pull off some kind of miracle, we could still tie the football game, which did not happen this time. Remember we had the we had that happen the last time we were in the Meadowlands in twenty eighteen with uh, Nagy and all those guys and the. Um, Philly special with from Tariq Cohen to Anthony Miller to send the game to overtime. But, uh, you know, I knew we were done. And like I said, at that point, I'd been through the ringer for the last 72 hours. I'd stayed up to watch this, and it wasn't worth it. And I was going to go lay down to hell with this. I'm out. So I was like, I don't need to, I don't need to see the last minute and a half of this game, even though I did sit through it. I don't need to wait to do the knee-jerk reaction to tell you that this game is over because it was over at that point. We were done. So I just went ahead, recorded it then, watched the circus that was the last 90 seconds of the ball game, and then I went and laid down because I really needed to lay down. So, uh, but yeah, so there you have it. That's it. Bears drop it 20-12, to 12, fall to 2-2. Two and two. Silver lining, though. Schedule comes out in May. We look at the first four games. Home for San Francisco, at Green Bay. Home for Houston, at New York. Day one, that schedule comes out. My first thought was, we should be 2-2 two and two after the end of the four games. What I didn't anticipate was us beating the 49ers and losing to the Giants. I thought we would start 0-2, and, and right now we'd be talking about how we're on a two-game win streak. But we're right where we thought we would be. We don't feel good about it, like, at all. But record-wise, we're right where I think we thought we would be at this point. You know, like we should be 2-2. Two and two. We should beat Houston and the Giants. Instead, we upset the 49ers. And thank God we did that. Or we 1-3 right now. On a three-game losing streak, no less, going to Minnesota next Sunday. A place where historically, we lose every single time. So, yeah. But, uh, so that is the silver lining. Despite how we're playing, we don't look like a 2-2 two and two team, but by God, we are one. So that's where we sit in the standings right now. A game back of Green Bay and Minnesota at the top of the division. And a game ahead of the Lions. I can't figure that team out at all. Like I said, I, I, one thing I know about Detroit, they're a tough out, no matter what. But uh, as far as like figuring out what makes these guys tick so they can actually win football games... So, I mean, if they haven't figured it out, I sure as hell don't know. But because uh, they, you know, Seattle at home, uh, you know, or having Seattle come to them in Detroit, that should have been a, that should have been an easy win for them. Instead, they lose forty-eight to thirty-eight. No, forty-eight forty-five. They ended up scoring again just before the end of the game, but then couldn't get the onside to, uh, to what you call it, to uh, try to tie it or, or win. So I can't figure those guys out at all. But so we're tied or we're in second place, tied behind, you know, the two teams in first. And uh, we got an interesting stretch coming up. You know, we've got we still have winnable games ahead of us. Um, be, just by virtue of the Vikings being a division game makes it winnable. Like the odds, like I'm not picking the Bears to win next week. That's for sure. But. It's still a winnable game. I won't be surprised if we beat Minnesota because that's what happens 
in division games. These outcomes that don't really make sense, but the familiarity with the teams and all that kind of stuff, it, it just happens. You know, then we have the commanders on Thursday night football. The commanders are a mess right now. They are a true mess. They have some very talented pieces on their football team, but for the most part, they're not doing well at all. They got that first win over Jacksonville by virtue of the last-minute touchdown they scored and have been wrecked the last three games, including uh, today uh, against the Cowboys. Um, then after that, we've, we've got an 11-day break because we, we, we have the mini-buy plus one day because when we come back, we got another national TV game on Monday night against the Patriots. And um, another team I can't really seem to figure out because they uh, they really gave Green Bay a run for it today. I did not expect that at all, especially in Lambeau. But nonetheless, they, they lose once again. And then after that, we have Dallas, who, <laughs> again, another mess of a team. So it's like the, the first four games weren't pretty. The next four games are all winnable as well to by you know by one degree or another these are winnable football games it's not impossible for the bears to beat any of these teams and so i mean that's what's going to make this thing interesting as we go through and finish up the first half of this schedule it's like don't be surprised at all if we keep playing this way and somehow are still four and four at the end of eight games so i mean it, it could definitely happen so, anyway, that's it for the, the recap of the Bears and the Giants for week number four. Let's go ahead and close this thing out with America's favorite segment, which is going to be extremely short. Bear up, bear down. Bear up and bear down. Spoiler alert, we don't have a most valuable bear this week. There just wasn't one. The only one that could be even that resembles a candidate for most valuable bear, Michael Badgley, our one and only bear up for this week. The guy that was literally on the unemployment line until Friday when the bear signed him after a tryout to replace Cairo Santos, who's dealing with some personal issues. Um, I don't know what that means, but it's none of our business. Um, that would be the only candidate. He's virtually off the street 48 hours ago. Now he's the, the, the Bears' leading scorer. <laughs> and even though I know there are a lot of guilty parties uh, this week, I only have three bear downs this week. Uh, number one is Allen Williams, our defensive coordinator. Uh, it is your job to prepare the defense for what they're going to see on Sunday. And you did a good job remembering that Saquon Barkley is the one we need to try to stop, but A, you didn't really. 131 yards rushing is not stopping him. Or actually, it was 146 on 31 carries. So that's not stopping him. The fact Keeping him out of the end zone is an accomplishment, but, you know, you didn't stop him. You barely slowed him down. So you were good on that part to a degree. But uh, apparently you did not watch the Monday night game uh, against the Cowboys where 
he almost, uh, where Daniel Jones almost matched Saquon Barkley in rushing yards in that game. Barkley only had 81 yard rushing against the Cowboys. Jones had 79. And most of them came through him scrambling. So the fact that that wasn't, you know, one in one A for our defensive game plan is unacceptable. So bear down, Allen Williams. Bear down to Valus Jones Jr. Yeah. Can't have that, bro. Not in that moment. Well, not ever, really, but especially in that moment. You took your eyes off the ball. It goes right through your hands. You know, the the, the punter put a hell of a kick on it, that's for sure. But we're still at like the 30, 35-yard line, wherever it was when you catch it. Still outstanding field position to start from. And it blew the game. You know, I know the odds of us actually scoring a touchdown on that drive weren't great to begin with considering how the offense had played uh, the entire game, but there's always a chance. So, uh, yeah, unacceptable. And, uh, yeah, bear down to whoever decided that activating Valus Jones and not putting him in the offense uh, was a good idea. That, uh, that really really upset me. Like I said, for all the help that we need in the passing game, for all the help that we need for big play uh, ability to kind of open things up, especially since, you know, the league is caught on. The Bears can't throw the ball, so just load up the box, slow down the runner, whether it's Montgomery or Herbert, and you're golden because you don't have anybody to worry about on the back end. I mean, Darnell Mooney's going to get a catch here and there, but he's not going to hurt you. But throw Valus Jones out there, let him catch one, you know, streaming down the sidelines for 60 yards, and they might put him on their heels a little bit. Oh, wait, they got Jones and Mooney that can do things. Well, we might need to, might need to take another guy out of the box to, to make sure we can, we're covered on the back end in case one of these guys gets loose. No, not yet, or at least not this week. Hopefully we'll see it next week against Minnesota uh, or, or against the Commanders. So I hope. I don't know. Uh, and then finally, bear down to our red zone offense. Going 0 for 3 in the red zone, unacceptable. And, you know, so lump in uh, Eberflus, lump in Getze uh, in there as well as for that whole play not to lose mentality, just settling for the field goal because the points are there rather than trying to be aggressive and take a chance. It's like, what do we have to lose this year? Nobody expects the Bears to win. So what is the harm in being aggressive? Just go for it. I know that, you know, hindsight and, you know, we Bear fans will be belly aching about why not just take the points. You're, it's a lose-lose situation, man. But it's like if you score, then nobody cares. You know, it does not matter. Just like we're not going to the Super Bowl where we're not even going to be making the, We're not going to make the playoffs this year. This is a development year, hoping that our cap space and our draft picks will help get us closer in 2023 to get some of the, the, to fill up some of these talent gaps that we have that have become so apparent in these first four weeks and, you know, allow you to create the football team that you want to coach. You got these guys to coach now. And, you know, I know winning isn't the main, well, I mean, it's the only objective, but as far as like expecting to win, isn't the biggest thing this year as it is developing these players and, you know, doing our best 
kind of thing. I, doing what we did in the red zone today, it, it can't happen. It can't happen. You, you got to go for it. At some point, you got to just try to win the game, period. You just got to do it. So that's it. That's all I got. So those are the bear ups and bear downs for week number four. We've got more of an honorable mention for our most valuable bear and Michael Badgley. Uh, not really going to give him the mantle. He's as close as we're going to get with anybody on the team uh, this week. So, you know, it's like Robert Quinn didn't show up uh, in this game. Uh, you know, Roquan Smith, the only time I heard his name called, he made a, a couple of tackles and then he got uh, spun out of his shoes by Tyrod Taylor on a key play that he needed to make. So, Linebackers that want to make $20 million a year, they make that tackle. Fred Warner makes that tackle. Uh, Shaq, um, what's his name from the Colts? He makes that tackle. They don't get away from them. So, yeah. That's why you don't have $20 million a year in the bank coming to you right now. That's why it wasn't just an easy thing for Ryan Poles to just slap down on, on the table. So, anyway, guys, that's going to do it. Going back tomorrow. We'll review the rest of the games. Talk about the, uh, you know, as I'm keeping count here, the Chiefs are, you know, finished off the the Buccaneers. If I'm not mistaken, my pattern didn't hold this week because the last three weeks or the two weeks prior, week two and week three, losing the Thursday night game meant that I was not going to have a good week. I was eight and eight week two, seven and nine this past week in week three. But by my count... With the uh, Chiefs winning the Sunday night game, with one win game to go, I'm nine and six. So tomorrow night, I'm rooting for the Rams to uh, get the win to give me my first double digit week of the season. So let's go Rams! So come on back on uh, Tuesday to find out how that went. Did I get my double digit win total, or did I fall to nine and seven because the 49ers still have the Rams number? in the regular season fine come back and find out and until then my name is larry d and this has been the bear stock underground